jump back. <laughs> you had to be. All right. Uh, it's good to have the Downs family with us uh, today. Uh, I've known Matt and April for uh, several years. Actually, me and April went to school together. Um, <laughs> in video school, and uh, she was in one of my videos, uh, Bible Doctrines, 10th grade uh, class. And uh, so there you go. There's that as well. Me and Matt used to share an office together at the ranch, and uh, since then he has uh, climbed the ladder. He now basically is the boss of the place, and uh, <laughs> camp director at the Bill Rice Ranch. And I always appreciate Matt, April's family, and uh, the encouragement that they are. And excited for those uh, uh, here, get to hear them today. And for those who aren't here, I'll have to listen to the audio version later. But uh, it was a real help to us on Wednesday night, and uh, I'm looking forward to what God has for us this morning. So, Matt, why don't you Luke chapter 16 is where we're going to be at. Luke chapter number 16. And uh, we can find verse number 1. Luke chapter number 16 and verse number 1. Counted a great privilege to be able to be here this weekend. And uh, just had a good time. And I've just been amazed how the Lord's been working in this place. And uh, it's awesome. It's the property that you all have. And to continue every time I come, I see new faces. That's a wonderful thing. And uh, we were talking about the different uh, places that I was able to see. So I think I'm three out of four. And I'm biased towards the one on Downs Boulevard, but sort of like that one. But anyway, um, just as awesome. The Lord's given you this auditorium and this great property, and uh, we're thrilled for you. Uh, I was trying to think, maybe I should tell some Pastor Vince stories, you know. Um, I knew Pastor Vince even back in high school. But the problem is, Pastor Vince has stories on me too. So, um, moving on to Luke chapter number 16. <laughs> I think I could win, but I don't know. He remembers things pretty well. <laughs> and uh, appreciate uh, them sticking with it. And I appreciate you all being here uh, this morning. Why don't we stand out of respect of God's word? We'll go ahead and get going today. Luke chapter 16, verse number 1. And he said unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, how is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Then the steward said within himself, what shall I do? Uh, my Lord taketh away from me thy stewardship. I cannot dig to beg. I am ashamed. I'm resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his Lord's debtors unto him and said unto the first, how much owest thou unto my Lord? And he said, a hundred measures of oils. And he said unto him, take thy bill, sit down quickly and write 50. And they said to another, how much owest thou? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to them, take thy bill and write four score or 80. And the Lord commanded the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness that when you fail, they may receive you in everlasting habitations. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Now we're going to hone in on that thought in verse number 10. So let, let me read that one more time. 
He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. So the title of the message this morning is Sweat the Small Stuff. Sweat the Small Stuff. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for uh, what we heard already in Sunday school. And Lord, I pray that we quiet our hearts. We don't concentrate on what's going on right after or what's going on this week. But Lord, we just concentrate on your word and your word alone. Lord, you know, I need your help this morning. Fill me with the Spirit's power. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may take your seat. Uh, no doubt we have heard often that phrase, don't sweat the small stuff. And, and I understand uh, the phrase when people say that, as long as the outcome turned out okay. And we survived. We're not going to worry about those little small things that didn't go exactly as planned. We made it. And I understand that phrase. But I think also we should sweat the small stuff. We should care about the little details in life. And I think God cares about the details of life. And you see that all throughout Scripture, that God cares about the details and that God is in details. Uh, just think about it. When uh, David went and he was going to fight Goliath, and it's a story we probably all know, and how many stones did David grab? Five. Isn't that interesting that we know that? I mean, the, the big thing is, all right, David killed Goliath, but God still used specific things to show us and to tell us that David took five stones. Now, there's different people that believe different things on why David took the five stones. And, and I'm not a Bible scholar with those kinds of things. Uh, some people would say, well, if you look through Scripture, we find that Goliath had four other brothers. And so just in case that the brothers, the family was going to go after him, he was ready. If I was David, I would not be concerned about brothers at the time. Because I was a young man that's facing a nine foot, nine inch man. How many rocks does my little satchel hold? That's how many I'm going to grab. And I'm going to try to go with either a single shot or semi-automatic. And I'm going to try to put as many rocks as possible if I miss the first time. And I want to make sure I am ready for this guy, right? And uh, I don't know all the different reasons, but the deal is we do know that David grabbed five smooth stones. Think about the feeding of the 5,000. In the feeding of the 5,000, the Lord Jesus tells his disciples, all right, the people are getting hungry. You're right. So um, let's go ahead and find anybody that brought some lunch and we can gather all their food together and see what we can do. So there's 5,000 people there. They start searching, who brought lunch? And everybody's like, mm, I thought it was provided, you know? And finally they find a little ad and he had five loaves and two fishes. And God wanted us to know how much food was there because we know five loaves and two fishes is not going to feed 5,000. It's not going to feed five men. And uh, just to know that he's in it. And if God's in it, then he can feed as many people as he wants to. And uh, there's also plenty of leftovers, which is a good Baptist trait as well. We know that God is in the details. God is in 
the small stuff. In Zechariah chapter 9, and verse number 9, it was prophesied that the Lord Jesus was going to come in Jerusalem on a donkey. And guess what? It happened. In all the prophecies in the Old Testament, Jesus Christ fulfilled every single one of those uh, those prophecies or he's getting ready to when he comes back and i'm so thankful that god is in the small stuff now let's look back at this parable that we read together in luke chapter number 16 and we find this steward that is not doing a very good job and this boss man come home and he realized you're not doing a good job and he confronted him about it and the guy's like oh man i am i'm in big trouble because I'm getting ready to lose my job. Now, he, at this time, we probably feel like this guy is probably older. So in the story in which we read, he said, I'm, I'm, I don't want to beg. That means he's older and he's filled with pride. It reaches a point where like, I don't want to beg for money and I'm too old to go dig. I'm not gonna, just going to go dig ditches and that kind of thing. I've got to make some friends and I need to make some friends fast. And so he remembers who are the other people that owes money. And so he shows up and he says, how much do you owe? And they're like, well, 100 measures. He said, give me a check for 50. We'll count it good. Uh, how, how much wheat do you owe? And he's like, well, 100 measures a week. Give me a check for 80 and we'll call it good. So instantaneously, he got two best friends right off the bat, right? They're like, hey, we really like this guy. And the boss man found out about it. And he said, all right, steward, I see what you did there. You are pretty quick. And what was he trying to do? He is probably living on the property. So if he gets fired, he also loses his house. So he's trying to make buddies with these other guys. So they'll give him a place to live and maybe a job. And he said, I see what you're doing. You're using everything you have, your talents, your abilities, to make sure that you do okay with the things of this world. And the Lord Jesus turns this story around and he said, we as God's people, we need to be using our money, our talents, our abilities on spiritual things that matter for eternity. This steward, he was really good about the things of this world. Uh-oh, boss man's mad at me. I need to hurry up and I need to land right and I need to make sure I get some friends here and, and all these kind of things. He was savvy with the things of this world, but he wasn't savvy with spiritual things. And so often where we find ourselves is people that are really savvy with the things of this world, but are not savvy with the things of God. I was reading commentary of uh, John Rice, and it was his commentary on the book of Luke, and he told this story to sort of explain this parable, and it was a help to me. He said he was in Chicago, I believe, and he was pretty poor at the time. Brother John Rice was a seminary student. And uh, John Rice, if you don't know him or never heard of him, he's the guy that started the Sword of the Lord and was a famous evangelist, and God used him greatly. At this time, he didn't have much money, and he was walking through downtown Chicago, and there were guys begging for money. And it was the middle of winter, and all they had on was like a sports coat, was like a, like a suit jacket. And if you're caught in Chicago in a winter storm, and this is all you got is a sports jacket, you're cold, okay? And the guy was begging for some money, and uh, John Rice said, look, I, I don't really have any money that I can give you, but I'm concerned about your soul. 
And so let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And the guy said, I don't know anything about Jesus Christ, but I am not concerned about him because I'm cold and I'm hungry. And so I don't really want to waste my time on this. If you can't help me with being cold and being hungry, then leave me be. Brother Rice said, okay, well, I don't think there's anything else I can do. And he felt in his pocket, he had a couple of quarters in there. And that's all the money that he had on him, was those two quarters. And so, you know what? I think I can help this guy. And so the guy had a buddy as well, and John Rice had a buddy with him as well. And he came back to him and he said, I got 50 cents. Let me see if I can get you a room for the night. And so... They were renting out at this, some type of hotel type deal, cots for 50 cents a night. Now I could say I wouldn't probably be too excited about that hotel, I don't know about you, but it was better than sleeping on the street. And so Brother Rice went there and uh, paid the fare, his friend paid the fare as well. And uh, after he did that, he um, said he was gonna see you later, that kind of thing. And after he did it, sorry, my notes just went away. So I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> uh, come back to me. Anyway, he said, okay, well, I'm just going to make sure that you're doing okay and that kind of thing. And the guy said, before you go, I have something I need to ask you. And Brother Rice said, okay. He said, well, I have no idea who this Jesus is, but... I will, if he's anything like you, I want to know more about him because you helped me tonight. And John R. Rice was using his money, his talents, and his abilities for things that lasted for eternity. And that man trusted Christ that day. That should be our focus. We should have God in every single detail of our life. Now, one second here. Let me see if I can get my notes up. Sorry about that. Hey, we're back. All right, so if we're going to be able to sweat the small stuff, number one, we need to be faithful with the basics. Be faithful with the basics. Now, as I'm thinking of somebody that's faithful with the basic things, I think of David. Let's go back before he even faced Goliath and things. And he was watching sheep, if you remember the story. And Samuel was supposed to anoint the next king of Israel. And as he was doing that, he saw all the different sons of Jesse that were there. And there were seven of them, I believe, that was there. And he said, no, not him. No, not him. No, 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 no. And he asks a logical question. He says, do you have any more kids? Are here all they children? And Jesse was like, aren't they all here? Oh, wait, we do have one. Wait, oh, where is he? He's keeping the sheep, dad. Yeah, come, come get him. And he said, well, we're not going to sit down until he comes. And so David comes in and he's a young boy at the time. And he comes in and God says to Samuel, that's the man. So David gets anointed king of Israel. How would you react in when you were young and they anointed you king over a country? I would probably be a very hard person to be around. 
<laughs> I don't think I'd want to do very many chores. I don't think I'd want to take out the trash. I think my brothers need to be very nice to me. Okay? I think if my dad was telling me to do something, I would say, hey, not only do I choose your nursing home, but I'm going to be king over you soon. So do you really want me to do that? You know, that kind of thing. I could have been an ornery little cuss if I was known as a young kid to be king over a country. David was. And after he got anointed, the next time we find David, they said, where is he? He's back keeping the sheep again. He was just a faithful man. He was faithful with the basics. So if we're to be faithful with the basics, let me mention a few things that we can be faithful with today. Number one, go to church. Now you'd say, whew, I passed that one this morning, right? Because you came Sunday morning. Glad that you did. But how faithful are you? How faithful are you? Do you ever hang around for Sunday afternoon service? Uh, there's a plus. I mean, I was smelling barbecue or something back there during Sunday school. That was awesome. Uh, there's a plus that. Do you ever hang around? Uh, Wednesday night, do you ever come? When there's special days, do you try to show up? It's important. We need to be back to the basics. We need to be faithful with the basics. Friend, you need to be able to go to church. You know, you have to prepare if you're going to go to church. You've got to think about it. You've got to be ready. Get the family ready to go. It's important to be early if you can to church. Fellowship. Talk to one another. Um, let me say this. Pay attention while you're there. Uh, sometimes, as good Southerners, we can, like, all right, I got to get my check mark. I need to make sure I go to church once or twice a month. And then I made it to church. And then as you're in church, you're just sort of, zoning out a little bit and you think you know what church is not a help to me well maybe it's because you're zoned out every time that you do come to church so let's be faithful with things let's let's pay attention and uh, you'll see that god will bless you so one go to church secondly read your bible read your bible well i do read my bible whenever pastor gives the text i go and i i get my bible out and i read it well I think we can do it more than that. Try to be in the Bible every single day and try to get something out of it. You ever read the Bible and you think to yourself, I hope nobody asked me what I just read. <laughs> you go through and you're like, oh yeah, hey, was your devotions a blessing for you today? Yeah. What was it about? Uh, Jesus. And he is good. That's all you can sort of come up with. You can't think of anything. Um, oftentimes, I, I, after I get done reading the Bible, I think, what could I tell somebody that I just read? Uh, I need to double back here. You know, <laughs> I just need to, I need to read a little bit more and, and figure out what was going on. I'm, I'm zoning out. I'm, I'm amazed on how much I don't know about it. There's always characters that come up. I'm like, wait, is that a different Joshua? What? Who is this person? What is that again? Or you come across the word. I have no idea what that means. Huh. And you keep reading. Why don't you stop for a second and say, I'll find out what that means. And then all of a sudden it gets, 
your mind gets opened up even more. Or you go on a trail a little bit about, okay, who is this person? And, and you do some research about it, and you find out how this guy connects with the genealogy or one of those kinds of things. We're so good on hobbies that we have of knowing every single detail. But when it comes to the Bible, we don't try to find out all the different details. We just try to say, okay, I need to make sure I'm in the Bible. All right, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in me, bless His holy name. All right, soul's blessed, taken off. But when it comes to like if our computer or how our phone is or how our car works, we know everything. There's mechanics that I know, and they're like, I know what's wrong with your car right now. That's why it's making this noise. You've got a little clip that's off, and da-da-da-da-da. I didn't even know I had a clip. But they know about it. They know every detail about it. Well, try that with the Word of God. Get back to being faithful with the basics. So, go to church. Read your Bible. Can I say this? Act like a Christian. Act like a Christian. You know, there's some words Christians aren't supposed to say. You know how you can shine at work? By not talking nasty. Don't cuss. Don't get so close to cussing that everybody knows what you mean. Well, I just, you know, I just want to fit in. Well, that's a problem. You're a Christian. We're supposed to stand out. We're a little different. We should be more Christ-like. I'm amazed at what people would never say, but they would text. And they would never say the words, but they'll use the abbreviations. And I'm thinking to myself, come on! Let's, let's be faithful with the basics of our life. Uh, if you're going to work and you're at home and your attitude's always just rotten. Friend, we need to be more faithful with the basics. You can say, well, that's just my personality. I'm just rotten. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's not Christ-like though. So let's do our best to be more faithful with the basics. Number two. We need to be courageous about asking God to grow our ministry. Let me say that again. We need to be courageous about asking God to grow our ministry. We have an example of this. Turn your Bible to Judges, chapter number 6. Judges, chapter number 6. And we find the story of Gideon. And uh, God's speaking to Gideon that he needs to, to take out um, this country and take out these people. And there's so many of them. And he's like, I just don't know if I can. And, and he's a little nervous about it. And so he gets out the fleece, if you remember the story. Judges chapter number 6 and verse number 36. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt... Save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. Behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wring the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me. And I will speak but this once. Let me prove. I, I pray thee. But this one thing with the fleece, let it now be dry. Only upon the fleece and upon all the ground, let there be dew. And God did so that night. For it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. So we find here that 
Gideon saying, God, okay, I'll do this, but I just want to make sure that you're in it. So could you make the fleece wet and then ground dry and then switch it around again, right? So he's making sure God's in it. And God, as far as I can tell, never condones this. There's nothing wrong in saying, God, I just want to make sure you're in it. I'm getting ready to fight these people, that, these Midianites that are about, it's about four to one, the odds. He started out with 32,000 men. Uh, people smarter than I said they have around 100 to 120,000 that they're going to go against. I don't know about you, but I don't like those odds. So can we be a little bit nicer to Gideon that he made sure his fleece was wet or dry? I think so. And he said, okay, and I, I think we can do it, Lord, if you're in this. And God says, you've got too many men. If you'd read on in Judges chapter number seven. And Gideon asked him, what God, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, how many are afraid? Just ask them. How many men are afraid? And if they are afraid, they can leave. 22,000 leave. Wouldn't that be a little disheartening? That's incredible. And God says, Gideon, you've got too many. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, have them go to the brook. And if they get down and lay down and with their tongue drink the water, then they can leave. And the people that bring the water up to their mouth, you're going to keep. And so he had 10,000, and then after watching them drink, he loses 9,700 more. So the odds got a whole lot worse because God was trying to prove, if you have me, we're going to be okay. Look at um, Judges chapter number 7, look at verse number 9. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But if thou fear to go down, go thou with Phurah, thy servant, down to the host, and thou shalt hear what they say, and afterwards shall thy hands be strengthened to go down unto the host. Then went he down with Phurah, his servant, unto the outside of the armed men that were in the host. The Midianites and the Malachites and all the children of the east lay along the valley like grasshoppers for multitude, and their camels were without number, as the sand by the seaside for multitude." And when Gideon was come, behold, there was a man there that talked a dream unto his fellow and said, Behold, I dreamed a dream. And though a cake of barley bread tumbled into the host of Midian and came into a tent and smote that it fell and overturned it, that the tent lay along. And his fellow answered and said, This is nothing else save the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. For into his hand hath God delivered Midian and all the host. And it came... And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned in the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into the hand of the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies and put a, temp, uh, excuse me, a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when he come to the outside of the camp, it shall be as I do, so shall ye be. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with thee, then blow the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So 300 men took on over 100,000 men and God gave them the victory that day. It's awesome. We need to be courageous about asking God to grow our ministry.
an older evangelist said to me a, a long ago when we first started getting into evangelism, he'd say, Matt, just think about what churches you want to preach in. As an evangelist, just think about it. And it was a blessing to me and my wife that we would pray, God, give us opportunity and pray specifically about churches. And so we did. And over the years, over churches that we've prayed about, I've been able to preach at those different churches. God has been showing me to, to grow my ministry. Now, if I tell you all the stories on how I got into those churches, it's normally something like this. Hey, every evangelist we called is booked up and we need somebody to preach here next week. Can you come? You know, that kind of thing. And uh, hey, amen, I'll take it. That's fine. Um, they've had evangelists that's been sick at the last second. Can you come? Yes, I can. Uh, no problem. And I've been able to do it. And as I get there, I remember the prayers that we've had about being able to preach in those church. And it's amazing to see on how God's answered those prayers. I remember when the Lord was showing me, this was several years ago, uh, that maybe there needs to be a transition in my life. And I was saying, Lord, I, I don't know why you're putting this in my heart, but if you're wanting me to, to leave from the ranch, then we will. But God never said, no, you don't need to leave the ranch, but I'm preparing you for something different. And so God opened some doors for us and that we started uh, doing some youth events and different things and our schedule was filling up. And I said, Lord, is, is this exactly what you're wanting? And, is, and I always just felt like there was something else coming, but I didn't know what it was. And, and so I said, God, I'll, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Well, it was a time where I was starting to get pulled a little bit more from doing camp things and I was preaching more at camp and I realized some things I was missing doing some camp things. Now, none of it was that big of a deal, but I just noticed that. And uh, I remember there were times where I was just frustrated and this went on for two years trying to figure out what I was supposed to do. And I had a job that I was supposed to fill up the quarter machine at the wash tub. And that quarter machine was possessed by Beelzebub. And I was always messing with that quarter machine. There was no air conditioning in there at the time. I always had to get the quarters like at the heat of the day. And it was always right before lunch, that kind of thing. And so I was going in there and I was trying to mess with these quarters. And I was sweating like crazy. I was trying to get it to work. And I realized something was wrong. And so I decided I was going to unplug and plug it inside the machine. And I didn't think about that I should probably turn the electricity off. Now, I don't know if you ever mess with quarter machines, and there's like four columns of quarters, and it's about this tall. And I just filled it up. My hands were wet because of sweat, and I went to unplug, and I plugged it back in, and when I did, I electrocuted myself pretty good. And it was one of those times when you electrocute yourself, you like to think as a man, you're like, that hurt me. I'm okay. But I'm not that way when I feel pain. I don't know about you. And I just went, went, ah, like that. And I hit those four columns. Has your life ever went into slow motion? Like something was, something bad was getting ready to happen. And you're like, oh no. That's what happened. My life went into slow motion. And so I hit it. I went, oh no. And I washed all four columns of those quarters. And 
went all over the ground. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was soaked in sweat. Now I was even more soaked in sweat. And I was like, God, what am I doing? What are you wanting me to do? There's something else going on, and I don't know what it is, and I hate quarters. <laughs> you ever been there? Maybe not specifically, but something like that. <laughs> and so I put all those quarters up, and, you know, you're just trying to figure out what in the world's going on. Well, what was going on was God was preparing me that I was supposed to be camp director at the ranch, and I had no idea. And I was missing some things about camp, and now I have so much about camp, I never miss things about camp anymore. And what happened? God was, God was stretching me. God was trying to grow me, even when I felt like I was stagnant for a couple years because I was waiting on, on the Lord on some things. And becoming the camp director is nice because I got rid of that quarter machine. And uh, so that was the last lesson I needed to learn from that thing. But um, there needs to be times in your life where you need to be courageous. And you say, God, grow my ministry. Now, I think oftentimes we pray, you know, God, grow our church. And I think that is very good. Don't get me wrong. But I think we should make it even more personal and say, God, grow me. What can I do more for you? And I think if we are growing personally, it's also going to grow the church as well. But when's the last time you asked God, I want to do something great for you? Show me. I haven't arrived. God's still throwing things my way. And then I get used to it. And I like getting used to it. Because then you're like, okay, I'm comfortable. But God's not done with me, and God's not done with you. And He wants to keep growing us to be more like Him. So number one, we need to make sure that we're faithful with the basics. Number two, we need to be courageous about asking God to grow our ministry. And number three, be flexible on the ministry that God gives you. Ugh. I did not love my change machine ministry. But God was growing me during that time. There are jobs that I can get today. It's not my favorite. But God's growing me at this time. And maybe you'll go and say, you know what, Pastor Vance, I, uh, I want to have a ministry. Is there anything to do around here? I would guess Pastor Vince could come up with something. And he could give you something to grow the ministry. And maybe it'll start sort of small. And when the ministry starts a little small, that it feels a little beneath you, we can get offended. And then so we don't do anything. Don't be that way. You know, we have an example of that in John chapter number 13. Where the Lord Jesus, the Son of God himself, went around and started washing his disciples' feet. Now listen, I love y'all. You know what I'm saying? But I don't want to do that. I don't think any of you would be like, oh yeah, Brother Matt, I'll wash your feet. You know, I can't imagine Pastor Vince being excited about that. We could try that. If... No, okay, sorry. Just thought for illustration purposes. But... 
But none of those things seem like that would be a great thing to do or a fun thing to do. That's like, wow, but can you imagine the Son of God said, I'm going to go around and wash my disciples' feet. So with that in mind, then can I mess with the change machine? Okay, I think I can. If that in mind, I asked Pastor, well, what, what would you like me to do? Hey, it'd be a great help if you just are the guy that sets up chairs. Okay, I'll be the chair guy for the Lord. Maybe you'll ask, I need somebody to help clean the church. Okay, I can do that. I need help mowing. Okay, I can do that. I need to, need you to, this is the scary part for me, work in the nursery. I'm sure all your kids are perfect, but it still frightens me. Something I haven't ever been asked to do. (laughs) But maybe that gets asked. And you're like, I think I can do more. Okay, we'll start with the small things. Be faithful in the small things. If you're faithful in the small things, you'll be faithful in the bigger things. So, if you sweat the small stuff, you'll be a part of the big stuff. When you do the big stuff, listen, you still have to do the small stuff. Don't forget that. If I would ask Pastor Vince, I'd say, hey, have you ever set up chairs recently? What do you think he'd say? Hey, uh, you ever had to clean the church and clean up around here at all? I think he would say he had to. He probably doesn't have to work in the nursery much. But you get the idea. Here's the person that's the preacher. So that's big stuff, we think, from time to time. But guess what? He still has to do the small stuff. And we'll see that God is in all those things. He wants you to do the small stuff. He wants you to be faithful in the big stuff. So when we see the Lord Jesus, and He finds us as stewards, is He going to find somebody that's faithful? Or somebody not so much? Friend, we need to be sweating the small things. Let's bow for prayer. If our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm going to ask just a couple of questions here this morning. How many of you would say, Brother Matt, God's spoken to my heart tonight or this morning because the fact of the matter is I need to be more faithful with the basics. Maybe it's church attendance. Maybe it's reading your Bible. Maybe it's acting like a Christian. But you would say, Brother Matt, God's spoken to my heart. I need to be more faithful with the basic things of life. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Let me pray for you today. God bless you. Yes, yes, yes. God bless you all. Wonderful, wonderful. God bless you. Amen. Great. How many of you say this? You know what, Brother Matt? God's spoken in my heart. I need to be more courageous. I need to be more courageous about asking God to grow my ministry. God's spoken in my heart about that. I need to do more for Him. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Amen. Yes. Amen. Yes. God bless you all. Wonderful. How many of you would say this? My problem is being flexible. There are certain jobs I don't like. And uh, I try to dodge those kinds of things, but I just need to be more flexible on the ministry that God's given me right now. 
I need to be more of a servant. God spoke in my heart about that. Please pray for me. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I need to be more flexible about things. God bless you all. Wonderful. Amen. Amen. Everybody look up this way. We're going to have a verse and an invitation song. And if God spoke in your heart in one of those areas, let me just invite you. Just come down here to the front, get down on your knees, and let's get right with the Lord today. You get right with God no matter where you're at. I, I know that. But there's something special when God speaks to your heart and say, you know what? I'm going to get right with the Lord and I want to get down on my knees and tell him about it right now. If you have questions about things, and maybe you don't even have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, pastor will be standing right here at the front, and he'd be glad to pray with you, glad to talk to you about how to draw closer to him. Let's stand for prayer. Lord, Lord, I pray that the ones here today would be more faithful with the basics. Help us be more courageous about asking you to grow our ministry. Lord, help us to be more flexible on the ministry that you give us. Lord, I pray that you have your will and your way during this invitation time and let us all leave here being right with you. Well, thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, I ask these things. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. The piano's playing now. God spoke in your heart. Won't you come? Let's get right with the Lord right now. I need to be more flexible. I need to be more courageous. I need to be doing the basics. And I haven't been. Just take the time right now. Get along with God and be specific as possible. As the piano plays, won't you come?